Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Motherhood, a beautiful nightmare, acknowledges the Ghana people as the traditional custodians of the land and water on which this podcast is recorded and produced. Welcome to Motherhood, a Beautiful Nightmare. The podcast for the mother who is flying by the seat of her knickerbockers. Oh, that's an old school term, isn't it? Isn't it? It's a knickerbocker, knickerbocker number nine. So, what's the rest of the song? She likes to walk and step in time. Now let's get the rhythm of the hands. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> My face lit up like a Christmas tree then. She knows it. She's in character. Excellent. She flipped back to her childhood. (laughs) She's in the classroom dancing around. That's so good. This podcast is hosted by myself, Shanoa Franklin, and the just wonderful Tamara Linky. Here we are. Oh, we're here. Uh, We're talking today. Well, we thought we'd let the single mums run this episode. Yeah. Well, exactly. Because... No one better to talk about single mums or inspire other mums around them to think outside maybe the the square and the box that they live in than to have single mums voice that from their own perspective. Exactly. And we have some beautiful mums that we had um, be very vulnerable and open and answer a few of our questions. So we hope it either sheds light on what single mums go through on a day-to-day basis if you are not single and if you are perhaps give you a bit of comfort and relatability so you know you're not alone so you want to talk about mama hit it that's what i'm talking about wait okay now from the beginning motherhood a beautiful nightmare Chanel, you're taking us somewhere today and I can't wait to see where it is. Oh, I am. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Wow, you can really shout out to a town. Okay, go. Where are we going? I can't wait to hear where we're going. We're going to Perth. (laughs) 
be their new song. Like when the plane lands into Perth Airport and then you just hear this, we're going to Perth. (laughs) (laughs) We've landed in Perth. (laughs) Sorry. Over the loudspeaker, over the intercom. Everyone's like, oh, wow, you can really (laughs) sound like shit. Um, (laughs) We are featuring um, the town shout-out around the wonderful Perth, which is a city of Western Australia in Australia. Yes. And a big hello to Madison. She said, please give a shout-out to all the sexy MILFs over here in the West. Oh, the se- there's a lots of MILFs. Oh, there are Women MILFs everywhere. Are getting on the MILF bandwagon and then wanting mm. to be called MILFs. Yeah, well, we are, aren't we, all of us? Mm. So heading towards GILF territory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rhonda and Raylene are GILFs. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for getting in touch, Madison. So a big hello to all the sexy MILFs over there in hello, Perth. Hello, sexy MILFs. Um, and what do we do? We quite literally um, tell you some wonderful things about Perth. Now it's stunning. Mm, tell me, tell me, Western tell me. Western Australia has so many towns and gorgeous spots. It's got stunning beaches. Stunning. Stunning. The wildlife, my God, the magnitude of what you can do in Western Australia. Beautiful place. I'm not going to do it justice in the few minutes that we dedicate to a town shout-out. But what I have done is some of the – a couple of things that you can do from Perth. Now, one of these um, that got some big ratings on TripAdvisor was the ultimate Swan Valley food and wine day trip. Oh, yeah. Now, that speaks to many of our souls, right? They've got a lot of – is that a lot of wine in that region? Yes. Um, And they say, foodies visiting Perth, this tour is for you. Discover the best wineries and gourmet artisan cuisine that Swan Valley has to offer. Is it like farm to plate? (laughs) Farm to plate, plate to mouth, mouth to ass. (laughs) Or in my case, if you have IBS. <laughs> I don't have IBS, lactose intolerance. It's mouth to asshole. Very quickly. And, and then out. <laughs> that should be on the Evacuation. <laughs> There's another one for you. Swan Valley. Oh, my God. Imagine if that was that case. It was written on the menu. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Can't wait to see that. Put you off your From dinner. paddock to plate, plate to mouth, mouth to ass. <laughs> ass to toilet. <laughs> Toilet to sewer, sewer to ocean. Like it just keeps going. No. Well, let's end it there. Okay, get Oh, that's it. so funny. Sorry, Swan Valley. No, no, they'll, um, I'm sure they'll <laughs> totally agree with you there tomorrow. So many reviews. People are loving this. In fact, it had a little sticker at the top saying likely to sell out, which is a wonderful oh. thing to, to get people to go, right, well, this is good. Well, I'm going to get amongst this. So... <laughs> So many. I love it so much. Because it's got a fancy sticker saying, hurry the fuck up and book before it sells out. <laughs> we don't do that at all, do we? No. <laughs> Basically, the reviews on this uh, were going gangbusters, but one oh. in particular that I found that made me laugh yeah. was... <laughs> what? Favourite part of the trip was the tour guide, Rod. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> she's having a good old pervert, Rod. So Who's she said a- nothing about... Hang on, What? Who's having a pervert rod? This person. <laughs> she has said, or he could be someone else, but let's say she for, okay, yeah, for yeah. laughing. <laughs> we'll call her uh, Janet. Yeah, Janet. I'm laughing because she has said, no- she's given it five stars, but she has said nothing about the food and wine tour. <laughs> Everyone else was commenting, like, giving really good advice on why this is so great. <laughs> she's loving Rod, the tour guide. Okay, I want to hear about Rod. Yeah, Tell well, me she about didn't Rod. say much, but oh. a lot of other people said he was funny, he was in Formative, he was great. But I, I can just him. imagine Janet sitting back there by the toilets on the bus, go having that look on her face that she wants to 
pounce him. <laughs> she wants to get into Rod or have his Rod into her <laughs> any old time. It probably was like a, a little, uh, you know, review on his lovemaking. Rod was amazing. He took me behind the toilet block and, and used got his it on. Rod. <laughs> it was strong and secure. I felt safe. I had fun. Five stars. <laughs> From Janet. Got me rocks off. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Asked him out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh. Janet. Anyway. Uh, one more was um, explore the best of Rottnest Island on Ooh, this tour from yes. Perth to Fremantle. Gorgeous. Have you beach. been to? I haven't, I've been to the beach, but I haven't been to Rottnest Island. I haven't either. Oh, I'd like to. Um, big. Lots of reviews, stunning, people loving it. This one reviewer said, Fly Nest Island, bring your swatter. So he's, again, oh, blaming the blaming island. Blaming the island for the flies. And the ecosystem. Sorry about that. Who put those flies there? Yeah, you bastard. The flies were terrible. You were swatting them away the entire time, even on the bus. Uh, the highlight of the island were the quokkas. Mm. There were few and far between. Fines for touching or feeding, so be careful if you're trying to get a selfie with one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Everyone has a selfie with those quokkas. Those poor little furry peanuts that oh. are living on that island. They just want to live their life and there's people, tourists by the thousands. Taking selfies. selfies. I love it. Someone's taking a selfie and they go, did you just take a selfie? No. I seen you. No. Well, here's $150 fine for taking a photo with a quokka. Like, I'm going to quack you for taking a photo with a quacker. Yeah. Anyway, so he was very upset. And then he said one thing um, was very nice was Pinky Beach. Great views and clear water. Did not see any facilities on the beach. Well, fucking no. No one's building sheds and uh, malls for you on the beach. Are they? It's um, not set up for you to go shopping, love. (laughs) Welcome to Australia. (laughs) So we don't have a toilet block on the beach. No. No. No, we don't. We've invented the term bush wee for a reason. That's right. You've got to go pee in the bush. If you've got to poo, you've got to hold it or you dig a hole and you poop in it. Exactly. Okay. Not, we're not even telling you the next. You've got to figure out the next step of how to wipe. We're not, <laughs> we're not, we're not shedding light on that. Anyway, so many amazing oh. things to do in Perth. So get over there and see the beauty that is Western Australia. So thank you again, Madison and the MILFs in Perth. Thank you, Perth. And if you would like a town shout out, get in touch with us because we always love reading about the listeners and where they come from. Yes. So please do get in touch. Instagram or email us at motherhood of beautiful nightmare. Motherhood of beautiful nightmare at gmail.com. Thank you. Today's episode, all the single mummers. So it was Halloween the other day, wasn't it, Chanel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you find it oh, annoying? I do, especially because it was a Monday night, extremely inconvenient oh, with school the next so day. So bad. And Monday, the start of the week. And the weather my God. at the moment in South Australia is crazy. We've literally had a winter's day. We are in our pants and jumpers again. We are frozen. We had coats on. It was blowing a gale. Mm-hmm. The kids are walking around being blown off. God. It's all a bit shit. But usually, for those who aren't in Australia, it's usually smoking hot this time of yes, year. Yes, it is. Yep. Uh, and kids are like ripping off their like crocodile onesie outfits and mm. costumes because it is so hot. So... 
Anyway, we had a weird one. It was a pain in the ass it, issue. It yep. was a pain in the ass for so many reasons. Uh, so, yeah, Kai, um, he decided to build a haunted maze mm-hmm. in the front of our house, like a huge one, like really big. This is a quick note to the listeners to learn a little bit more about you, Tamara. Oh. Kai likes to throw parties and invite all these people over and Tamara is an introvert and would rather close the door and sit and be by <laughs> herself. <laughs> well, he's more spontaneous and I like it planned. I like it if it's planned. I'm yeah. more than that's into the, it. That's the, that's the yeah. extension of the answer. That's yes. yeah, exactly exactly right. He he is a born entertainer. Um, so he thought he'll go all out American style, if you will, and just build a big freaking out of control maze out of temporary fencing and black plastic. And he's, he's out there with drills and saws and, you know, all sorts of things. Got it all together. And it was it was a hit. Like we had most of the neighbourhood over going through this maze, freaking the kids out. Great. Um, so it was good. It was a big hit and Kai loved it. Uh, but the person that loved it the most, because <laughs> I went out trick-or-treating, I had to take the kids out, right? Yeah, yeah. So people were at our house. Um, so we had family over. My sister took her job as the executioner at the uh, end of the maze <laughs> to get your lollies very seriously. <laughs> like she was there for hours, as in she started to get into character a little too much and she was really serious. I love this. <laughs> she, so she had it was standing on a ladder and she would see people – Entering the driveway and she'd go, Kai, two families, three kids and one dog coming in now. As if she was like telling him. At T minus blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and so Kai would be inside the maze waiting to scare the shit out of them when Mm. they came through. And these little kids would go through. And Kai was scaring them. One kid he scared. They must have been all of three. (laughs) And it's it's scary for me in there. And he goes, boo. And this kid freaks out. His basket goes flying and all the lollies are on the ground. And then Kai comes out like he's so proud. He goes, ha ha, and they didn't even pick up all the lollies and I got to have snacks for the whole rest of the night. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, that's terrible. He was three. He was probably petrified. He's got PTSD from going in our wanted maze. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but my sister loved it a bit too long. And we went in and had dinner and she was like, come on, we've got to go back to it, getting back out there. Execution has got a roll the ball. Yeah. So. Uh, sorry, we've, um, you know, it said we'll be back at 8 o'clock, so it's 7.59. You have about 20 yeah. seconds to get your ass out there, Kai. Yeah. Now. like, smoko's over. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. She's back on the thing, ready, in character. Three, two, one. You're back in the room. <laughs> it was very serious. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Good. But now we have this big-ass maze still in our front yard. Mm. What are we going to do with that? I actually thought of that. What? When I walked in here, I thought... Where are you going to store that for Halloween 2023? No, that's not. I said, what are we doing next year, Kai? you got to up the ante. You said, no. Why did you say that? Because then now you can imagine what your house is going to do. He's going to get them all through your house. No, I was being no, I was being facetious. I was like, what are you going to do, Kai, because we're not fucking doing this next oh, year. Oh, yeah, fair enough. And he said, oh, no, not next year. That killed me. He said, I'm going to have to take it easy. And I went, Fantastic. Yeah, but I said, people are going to come around and be like, uh. Oh, this, mm. this house was so good last year. What's happened? Ugh. Do what everyone else does. Go to Kmart, overpurchase, stick it up around everywhere and that's it. Yeah, done. We'll be like, oh, the Linky's moved out. We're a new family. we're we're the Johnsons we're very boring and we don't do anything in fact we actually gave our manager a hard time because he's a single guy he's a bachelor and we said he goes oh Halloween everyone's gonna come knocking on my door it's annoying annoying. yeah and I said and we said just just get involved with the whole thing go out buy some lollies he's got a cute little dog put some kind of scary decorations um, decorations around around anyway and he's 
probably walked away and thought, oh, that's a great idea. Sent us a message last night saying, went out, bought all these sweets, not one witch or warlock knocked on my door. <laughs> so bad. I can imagine the dog was all ready to scare people and then nothing. Yeah, well, that's what you get for being grumpy in the first place. <laughs> it's called karma. It was all anti. Oh, Halloween. Then secretly getting yeah. into it. So Only for it to fail. Perfect. So I said, you know what, you can hand out those sweets at the door as a door prize um, at the next MABN live event. I'm sure the mums <laughs> would like to sit there with some chocolate Freddo frogs <laughs> and a glass of champagne. Yes, hell yes, I've been eating those chocolates, <laughs> like sneaking them out of my kids' buckets. Oh, my God. Anyway, Halloween, been and done, thank God. So, yes, we're talking to some single mums, some lovely single mums who volunteered to take part in this episode and we we put together a couple of questions we thought would be broad enough that they could, you know, go on some tangents and mm. encompass a whole lot of different things if they wanted to. Over to you, single mums. I am Nikki O'Brien, a solo mama. I'm Cherie and I'm 45 years of age. I'm Patrice, I'm 36. My name's Michelle and I'm 43. I'm Chloe and I'm 36. So the first question that we asked the mums, Chanel, was what is the best thing about being a single mum? Yeah, toot it. Getting to do it on your own and not having any adult conflict over anything, um, but particularly things that directly involve your child. For me, I know it would have been a nightmare if I'd stayed with his father because we are polar opposites on almost everything <laughs> in life but also on parenting, but also I think the closeness that it brings and having that quality time together. I love, I love those moments where we're just so bonded. I've been single now with kids for about three years, so um, getting a really good rhythm on now. I think the first couple of years were pretty tough just in terms of adjustment. The best thing for me about being a single mum is definitely um, once you've kind of gone through your adjustment phase and worked out a bit more about yourself is the ability to really parent the children on your terms, making choices and decisions that are, are yours to make. Uh, so that is quite a good thing and, and you can really show up for them in a way that works for you without that compromise bringing laughter back into my house and finding the joy in everything we do every day. Obviously, if you're a single mum, you've you've gone through something, you've you've been through a situation whether that be um you know growing apart from your spouse or or going through a trauma and I focus every day on finding the joy and laughing with my kids and being silly and becoming a kid again and kicking the ball in the backyard. And not to say that I wouldn't do that if I wasn't a single mum, but I get to be both parents. And I, I feel like that is a blessing. I don't think that is something that I look at that is negative. I see that as I get to spend this quality time with my kids and I find joy in, in everything we do together. It's the relationship I have with my daughter. It's just her and I, and I genuinely love hanging out with her. And I tell her that all the time. We have great conversations, laugh, and our daily life is like a musical. Like yesterday, we went for a bike ride and sang You Are My Sunshine together the whole way. Well, until she cried because her legs were sore, Sam was being blown in her eyes and she was tired. But I find the joy in the small, beautiful, simple moments. 
I've chosen the way I want to raise my child, the lessons, values and focus I bring to the daily choices and interaction. I'm not navigating someone else's daily opinion and input. Hands down, it would have to be the bond that I have with him because it's just us two. It's just this beautiful, special bond that no one else can understand. (laughs) And I just love that because I don't have a partner or a husband. I have had to intentionally foster community, right? Friendships. And I'm also really incredibly fortunate to have beautiful parents and a sister, like a really supportive family of origin that I lean on heavily. And they've got such a really close bond with him as well. I love watching him just make all these beautiful memories. And also I don't have to ask for anyone else's permission to parent the way that I want to parent. I don't have those arguments in my house. (laughs) I do have a, I do have a six year old boy who will argue with me. I really appreciate that, that I get to do it all the parenting on my terms. Okay. So that was really inspiring actually, because Mm. they all kind of said very similar things. They get to make the decisions. Yeah. They're not arguing with anybody. No. And And had quality time with their kids. But they celebrate the small stuff too. Yeah, exactly. Like the little wins, the small things, they can go out and kick a football with their kids and they really are just doing things on their own terms. I think that can be quite you know, liberating definitely for some women. And you have an advantage, don't you, that you do have if an you're advantage. in a couple that, you know, when you're with the kids, you can make mm. a lot of those day-to-day decisions. There's no one else who's going to argue. Yep. And I, you could say the same for single dads. Some of the dads that I've known have given their kids Cocoa Pops for dinner and then the mum's got them back and they're like, Dad gave me Cocoa Pops for dinner. And, then, <laughs> and the dad's like, well. The smug look. <laughs> and no one's going to no, quiz me because I'm a no. grown-ass adult on my oh, own. Oh, could be good and bad for the children. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. And what Nikki said as well, which was strengthening those bonds mm. with, um, that her son has with her family, her parents. but Her all, friends. Yeah, exactly. Yep. On top of that. Second question is, what's the worst thing about being a single mum? Because as we know, uh, there's ups and downs in everything. Worst things is the same thing I said as for best things is doing it on my own. Um, (laughs) Because you're doing it on your own. And sometimes, yeah, it, it can just be fucking awful. And there's nobody else to pass on to when you're about to lose your mind which unfortunately does happen that's really challenging and it takes a lot of work on self I think it's about being outnumbered so logistically it's sort of sometimes tricky you just need an extra pair of hands and you can feel isolating a little bit when everyone else is in family units and you're kind of on your own but Yeah, it's probably just that being outnumbered and uh, needing an extra pair of hands. The loneliness, I think. I think when you you fill your days with either work and and sporting commitments, but that moment where you put them to bed and you make yourself a cup of tea or have a red wine or whatever you do, and you sit on the couch and just those first few minutes are bliss because it's been so full on, but then you feel lonely um, and I don't feel like your friends invite you to as many things. You know, they wouldn't invite you on to a, 
um, a dinner just you um, because there's not someone with you to to you know buddy up with the other spouse so I would say that that would definitely be something that would be one of the worst things I focus on empowering myself and not looking for the bad things because I think once you look for the bad things you will see all of the bad things and you'll focus on the bad things and I think there's a lot to be said for strong independent empowered single mums I don't get to see her every day and I miss out on some milestones as well as being a part of some of her big memories. It's the reconciling of the new definition of family. The mental load it solely sits with me. Someone isn't coming home at the end of the day to provide relief, to clean the kitchen, to make school lunches, to pop to the shops when you need something. Someone isn't there to debrief and share those funny moments that happen during the day. I have gorgeous family and friends who I call and share, but it's those natural impromptu moments and sharing the joy of who your child is becoming. Workshopping parenting decisions. Um, That's hard not to be able to do that with, with someone who is in the same trench as you and getting reassurance you're doing a good job and equally pulling you up on things when you're not. I would have to say the worst thing is the pressure, right? Like financial, emotional, physical and mental labour and pressure. Like there's just no escape from it. And I can't tap out if I need five minutes to myself. I can't run to the shops and say, honey, can you just watch the kids? I don't have someone to share the freak out with when the interest rates go up for the 50th time this year. But no one's in the trenches with you day in and day out. And that is sometimes heartbreaking and really scary. Like there's too many times that I can count. And this morning was one of them when I collapsed onto the kitchen floor, like sobbing, because sometimes you just don't know how you're going to do it all. So, of course, yes, I often think of um, mates who are single and I imagine myself, I would too be you know, have moments of loneliness Mm. with not having anyone at the end of the day to debrief with, except your child, which you can't. So once they're off to bed or what have you, it's just you. It makes a lot of sense, although, you know, friends and family can certainly feel that loneliness void at many times. There is parts of those things where, um, like what Michelle said about the missing out on things, it's dad's Christmas this year or the fact that they're going on holidays with their dad or other mum mm-hmm. without you, yeah. you know, those kind of things. So when someone else is introduced into their life and they spend a lot of time with them, like a new stepmom or dad's new girlfriend or mum's new girlfriend, those can be tricky too because it's an adjustment phase for you. For everyone. And I feel like the, the children might adapt a lot quicker, but there's a lot of firsts in things like that. I remember a friend telling me too, just what Chloe said, that uh, not getting invited to parties because you're not with someone. Mm. So you're too, you're kind of too hard to invite, you know. Because they feel sorry for you, which yeah, is ridiculous because right. single mums don't need anyone to feel sorry for them. They can stand on their they own They can stand feet. on their own and they're more than happy to do that because what they've been through, that process of ending their marriages is a major thing. Yeah, they're a lot stronger than you think. I think we need to give them more credit. Correct. But yes, it can be lonely and the struggle is real and a lot of the time the buck stopping with you. So the next question we asked the mums was, what have you learnt since becoming a single mum? Like what skills did you learn or lessons or life, big life lessons? Are you now an expert at hanging a picture on the wall (laughs) with your power tools? Yeah. Oh, just, you know. 
getting stuck in. You have to because no one else is there to do it. Just demolishing a wall. And what I've learned so far is patience is everything. I think that probably goes for any parent. But because you don't have anyone to pass over to, and and, you don't either a lot of the time when you're in a relationship because they're not always there, right? But I can't even call my partner, you know, to say he's being a shit. Well, I wouldn't say that anyway. That's labelling, isn't it? Let's just say we're having a difficult time. There's a communication breakdown. I kind of have to have that conversation with myself. And when I'm losing my shit inside, it's really hard to have a reasonable conversation. I'm just like, get me the fuck out of here. The amount of times I've, I've, I've given in to the anger demon and just lost my, my poo and, like, said, right, that's it. And, you know, got in him dressed myself, like, against his will which is really like a workout like I feel like I have an actual workout from that I'm like (gasps) afterwards you know there is that challenge through the first couple of years when you're really trying to work out what you're about and what you want to be um, for your children I think I learned that listening to a lot of podcasts that your children are not yours and they move through you and your role is to build a platform for them to leave from. So when I sort of tried to reframe my parenting in that way, I was able to really see them as independent beings and, you know, really get my ego in check around what my children were for me. It really allows you to show up for yourself really well and allows, you know, you to see your children as independent um, individual beings. I've learned so many lessons on the road to where I am, but I think the most important one that always comes back to me is don't ever be afraid to do what is best for you. So if you find yourself in a situation, in a relationship, in a marriage that you're not happy in, that doesn't fill your cup up every day, something's wrong. And, you know, there's that saying, life is short and you only get one life. It's actually true. There's nothing worse that I could think of than staying in an unhappy marriage, having unhappy sex, faking laughs, faking the perfect family when you've got your friends and family over and feeling dead inside. When I was married, I couldn't see it. And I was with somebody who wasn't a kind person. What's best for the kids is what's best for me. And as much as that sounds selfish, the kids feel everything you feel. And so if they see a happy, strong, empowered, independent mum, you know, who owns her own business, who has a full-time job and who works around the clock to provide for her family, I would rather them see that than a shadow of myself where they don't see the real me because I am so unhappy because I think it shows them that if you're going to stay in an unhappy marriage where you're being disrespected or um, whether you're not respecting yourself, they pick up on those life lessons and they're going to learn and develop and watch you and think that that's okay. You have to choose your hard. So you could be a mum who is in a relationship, who is who, who has wanted to get out for the past five years, ten years, who can't stand having sex. It's not particularly normal. And I think 
Is it hard being a single mum? Yes, it's hard being a single mum. Was it harder being unhappy in arguments, yelling, being disrespected, not trusting, having to have sex with someone that you didn't want to have sex with? That's hard too. It's scary being single. It's scary being on your own, but I feel like it's a lot more scarier staying in a marriage or a relationship where you are not happy. I have absolutely learnt who I am and what my values are independent of anyone else. It provided me an opportunity to really think about what I want my life to look like. The joy of being present in the moments we have together as our little family because I don't see her every day. Being intentional with how I spend my time with and without her. And there are no gender roles in our home. I do it all. And my daughter sees that, which I love I have all my own tools and fix things around the house and my daughter brings in the bins as part of her chores and she loves to help me put flat pack furniture together. I've learnt to be okay arriving at parties or dinner on my own, even if I'm the only single person. I've learnt that I'm enough and worthy as a whole person without a partner. I can't say that like I've mastered any power tools or handiwork or anything like that. Like I can work my way around a drill and a hammer and I have a little toolbox, but beyond that, I kind of outsource most of that. I would have to say the things that I've learnt are letting go of control, surrendering, embracing imperfection on like a whole nother level <laughs> uh, and asking for help. That was fab. So Cherie, you do a great angry voice. Oh, she does, yeah. I'm cross at you. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, fuck. She can can really lose her shit (laughs) if she needs to. You know what? Did you tell me that Cherie's an opera singer? She is. So I could have, could you imagine her breaking out into song? Imagine. Imagine. I've witnessed it. That is so good. She's awesome. Michelle. Fixing all her own shit. Yeah. Good on your love. She's got her power tools. She's ready to go. into it. She's always like, well oh, yeah, done. I bought this whippersnipper or I bought this thing and I had to buy this other thing. Well, it's a, you know? do you know what? Even though it's something that maybe in a lot of our DNAs, certainly not mine, it doesn't come natural to me to pick up a power tool and do something. Yeah. But you'd be amazed at what you can teach yourself. Yes. You know what I mean? When you become complacent. When you've become got a become complacent bloke same who's directions. good at that, mm-hmm. you don't even try. No, because they're gonna you don't do need it. to. Because you don't need to, which I think is okay. Yes. But it doesn't help if you're in a situation and you need to learn how to do that That's shit. exactly right. <laughs> so. so I'm very impressed by that. And Chloe as well, big ups on the getting it right for yourself first. So she's learned yeah. to be the best version of herself a lot of growth in that, a lot of growth because Definitely. then the kids benefit after that. So they all said fantastic things there. Also knowing that your kids, realising they're independent of you. Yes. That's a good one. Yes. Because they are their own little people. You're just there to help them on their way to I growing up and learn them. some crazy ass lessons from that. But you don't own them, right? I think that's kind of the takeaway. I read a book recently that was very much about that. Oh, did you? Yes, I did. (laughs) And it really did speak about the fact that um, she was wondering why her dad was distancing himself a little bit from her as she got older. And he was saying, you don't need me to fix stuff for you anymore. You are independent. You can do this. And this was also a single mother um, who spoke a lot about the fact that in society, divorce courts and divorce lawyers make a lot of money off people's unhappiness. Oh, and she yeah. said, don't worry about the 
who's going to have the crockery or the plant or the so all that sort of stuff is just is is time wasting and and frustrating. Yeah, she said, you need to know that things can marriages can end amicably still. There doesn't need to always be fights and going through the courts and and being fleeced of money and unhappiness. There are ways of doing things. And she was trying to empower people to make the decision that is right for them and to be the best person of themselves for themselves first and then their children Mm. benefit. I guess that's hard though if you've got two different people who one of them wants to go down that track and the other doesn't. Yes. You have no choice. It's difficult. And people so are hurt. You, yeah. Look, just read the book because um, she's way more. <laughs> <laughs> Look, she'll, be, she'll articulate it for yeah. you. <laughs> it's called The Radical Awakening by Dr. Shafali. Okay. I found it very a wow. A wow. Okay. Good mm. on you. There's words of wisdom from Chanel or Dr. <laughs> Shafali, should I say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next question. How do single mums manage? You know, we get a cold, we feel like shit. Mm-hmm. Me at the moment, last week, I felt really, really ill. Yeah. And I couldn't get out of bed. I was not feeling great. I just handballed the whole thing to Dan and yeah. he did and he looked after it. But yeah. what if I was a single mum and I couldn't do those things? Or what if you're the emotional punching bag for your kids all the time? Yeah, exactly. You don't have that emotional support or that physical support. So mamas, tell us. What do you do when you're sick? Well, that is actually really hard. Thankfully, there is childcare and all that sort of thing. And that was great when he was in childcare. Now there's school. Um, but now with COVID, if you get COVID, you can't go anywhere. Um, I guess that's loosening now. But of course, you still probably wouldn't send your child to school if you had COVID. So you're stuck. I think we've we've had the, a really long um, quarantine period for two times, like where we were indoors for 14 days. And one of those was crazy because I'd moved house while he was visiting his dad in Melbourne. And then when he got back, he tested positive for COVID and we had to go in lockdown in a new house he'd never been in before, which was not a great way of, of starting a good relationship with the place, I have to say. But then I got COVID a few months later and I was quite sick for three days. He had to be home with me, you know, and I was the person still looking after him. It's very tiring, I guess, just not being able to have that tag team approach to your children. But when I'm sick, as they're getting older, it's a little bit easier. But I definitely need to call on, you know, family support if I have the children when I'm sick, it's really tricky. You know, having a good relationship with their dad's really helpful so we can always help each other out when we need to. If we're not able to parent them, um, we can call on each other. You just have to. <laughs> there's no other There's no other words to describe it. You just have to. I am beyond lucky that I have the most gorgeous and supportive girlfriends, mum and sister, um, that you could ever ask for. They are my absolute support network and they would be here within seconds if I needed them to be. But that is so important and so necessary for single mums to have those strong ass girlfriends that will, you know, rip someone a new arsehole. But those fierce and ferociously protective girlfriends, I've 
got them. A couple of years ago, I was really sick, really, really sick. I had, you know, friends taking me to doctor's appointments because I couldn't drive. I had people dropping lunches off, dinners off. So that's how I cope. I I rely on my support network. And I think that's something that we don't do very well as women is ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to not have um, energy to be a mum and a dad. It's okay. Ah, great timing. She's sick right now. (laughs) So I've made choices around my job and career that allow me to put my daughter first. I've only chosen to work at organisations that are able to be flexible and that I can be flexible with them because it goes both ways. I've been honest in interviews about my needs and what my life looks like. And when my daughter is sick, she's the priority and I juggle time to work from home. So, for example, I might start at 5am or earlier and work until she wakes up, look after her during the day and work again when she's at sleep and maybe finish at 1am. It's for short bursts, so it's completely doable. And when I'm sick, well, I just have to push through. The washing still needs to be done and we both still need to eat. When we both had COVID, that was tough. But I still had to get food on the plate, to bed on time, care for her and make sure I was recovering too. I have the most amazing village of family and friends who genuinely want to help and love and care for us. They dropped off meals and coffee and ice cream. We are truly blessed. Yeah, that's pretty full on. If you're sick, especially with COVID, like being cooped up with a child or kids oh my in your goodness, house. On your own. Oh, my Lord. Like it would drive you crazy. I actually did say because I had COVID pretty bad and I said, I don't know how I would have coped if I was a single mum. But as Chloe said, you have to. You've got no choice. You have, you have no choice. They have to be looked after. And as Michelle said as well, yeah. you need to nourish yourself as well where you can. There is a big thing that they all touched on regarding family and friends and their network. Yes. And clearly each and every one of uh, those brilliant mums have placed a lot of emphasis and a lot of time and a lot of love in those relationships, in their families and in their friends. They've got these rock-solid friendships that they can call on at a moment's notice for whatever it is and they're there for them and that's truly special. And I think that there's many women out there who would love to have that level of friendship even if they are in a marriage. Like it's something – I think it's something that every female – feels safe and secure in. And we just did an episode recently called The Art of Making Friends and it's yeah. based around that. That's exactly right. Mm. And if you don't, you know, have have mates, I guess you've got to go s- seek them. You've got to because you need those people to be able to help and support you and also understand you. So I'm usually asking um, my single friends because their dating life is usually a lot more exciting mm. than anything else. <laughs> so I'm like, tell me what date you went on if they're dating someone or they're, they're online dating and you kind of live vicariously through them yeah, because yeah. it seems to be exciting. But I also see the side where it's really hard going to bloody well meet someone. Yeah. There are all these fantastic women that I know and they're like, what? where are these guys? Like, where are they? Seriously. Mm. So this is what our single mums had to say on dating. Let's be honest, it's just online now. Nobody goes to a bar anymore, especially when you're my age of 45. It'd be pretty hilarious. I should try that as an experiment. Back on the horse, it's like almost impossible to be on the horse. It's like you get your foot in a stirrup, start to get your leg up, come back down. I find it really difficult to fully commit because life is already so full. I'm white, like... 
The last thing I feel like doing is having a cheeky conversation with someone. Online last night, I, I started having a conversation with a dude who then revealed to me he's in Darwin. Not great for a coffee. Quite a nice conversation so far. Don't find him attractive. It's a detail, isn't it? And then I matched with a guy who his first message to me was, you out, no question mark, just you out. I'm at Unibar. Dating is really interesting. It's a little bit difficult and challenging, but it's also really empowering because, you know, not having dated since my early 20s, you're really coming at it at a different level with a strong sense of yourself, um, which, you know, allows you to date with a little bit more maturity and, you know, assertiveness. Um, So it's not my priority. I have my children um, and my work in fueling me. So that will fall into place when it's time for it to do so. I'm not too fussed about the dating scene. But I do hand out my virtual business card to people just so I'd like to meet someone through knowing um, somebody else rather than going online. That is a question. Uh, For me, I waited a long time before I was ready to start looking at dating. It's a whole different world. The last time I was single, Nokia 5110s and disposable film cameras were way cool. Everything had changed and it was over 20 years since I had gone on a first date. The first date I went on after my divorce, I was not myself at all. I just couldn't get it together to relax enough to be me. I got there early so I wouldn't have to do the awkward walk across the room where I was uh, most certain to have walked into a table or tripped over and fallen and not in that Hollywood way where where they catch you and you stare at each other. This date was so bad and 100% on me. He was working hard. (laughs) I texted him after and explained what was happening in my own head and why I was being a complete alien and if he was up for it, we could go on a second date. I've met some really lovely guys, but they just weren't for me and I wasn't for them. My life goal and ambition isn't to find a partner. It's certainly something I hope will happen one day, but it doesn't define my happiness or worth. And for me, first dates are best with a takeaway coffee and a walk. It's been the easiest way to get to know someone in a relaxed way. So you get on the dating app and you've got some great photos. And firstly, men just don't know how to take photos of themselves, really. And that's quite disheartening. (laughs) But secondly, you finally get to that stage and then you get to talking and you've got some banter going and you're like, wow, maybe, maybe we'll catch up for a coffee. But then it's like you can't sync your freaking calendars when you don't have kids and they don't have kids until like bloody 2025. So that's probably one of the biggest one of the biggest challenges, some of the crazier things that, I do, that I've done, I am not ashamed to admit it. I have, I looked up on the sex offenders list, you know, especially when my son was really little, if I'd go out on dates, just because, you know, you've got to be aware of all those things. And I have randomly called a police station and said, and explained myself to the policeman and said, hey, I know I'm being ridiculous, but I have an 18 month old at home. And I'm just wondering whether this man comes up in your system. And he was, the police officer was actually really nice. And he's like, yeah, we don't have this to protect, you know, single mom just need to know whether he's a serial killer or he's going to hurt my child. And he was like, no. So that's definitely one of the craziest things that I've done. And I have to say, I've had mostly a really great dating experience. 
This cracks me up. So many doozies going on dates. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> and what's it like seeing a new penis or a new vagina for the first time? It's like, oh, that's what it looks like. You're circumcised. You're not. You're a bit hairy. You have no hair. Oh, wow. Oh. You're really small. You're big. Oh, I didn't realise that oh. you didn't have to peel balls off someone's thighs. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a thing because... It's not just the, the way it looks. That's kind of um, one part of it. But they the all look the same. same. They Come do on. not. Um, anyway, but. How it, would you know? I, I watch Netflix and, you know. All, See penises everywhere. Exactly. And I will be one of those people who there's a hint of it and I'll pause the TV because I'm like, oh, let me just look at it. Ah! A laugh. You know that's called porn. You can just look that up. No, I don't <laughs> want to see that. I just I want to see the cheeky little. There's your there's your pair of tits, or there's your willy, or there's your. Oh my god! What are you ten? <laughs> <laughs> it's that moment where you go. Did they just flash her vagina? Hang on, go Hang back. On. See, but, pause. But if you're single, you get to see it in real life. Mm. Whether you want to, I don't know. But I it's also how they move. That's the other thing. It's like, oh, you do it like that, or you do oh, it that's like different. Yeah, yeah. It's so, like starting from scratch. And really it's a hard. Big thing. Yeah. So the online dating or not wanting to do it. They want to meet through, let's say, mutual friends or organic, something like that. Yes. Mm. In the organic section. That's how I would – I've often thought – this is terrible. This is not to do with me wanting to break up with Kai. But I always thought if I was single, how would I try and meet someone? Yeah, I've often thought of that when my single friends tell me, you know, that they'd love to meet someone organically. I'm like thinking, well, you'd be maybe in the supermarket, you see a guy, he's attractive, go Get up stuffed. to him, have a chat. But what do you chat about? You're like, oh, do you also like gluten-free bread? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can tell she's been out of that game for a long time. <laughs> the, the man has just done one and ran so fast the other way. It's oh, not funny. Like, who's that so creepy do you woman? like gluten-free bread? <laughs> no. Oh, they just go, yes, and then they walk away <laughs> and you go, Mm, good chat. Good, good chat. chat. See ya. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Nice to not quite me. It would be a minefield. That's his wife getting bananas. Great. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. How would you know if they're single or not? Mm. That would be really hard. Can I point one thing out? Yes. That I learned recently. Um, it's just been an article um, that pop culture and e-news put out about Drew Barrymore. Now, she dropped a bit of a bombshell and women and men all over the world were kind of gasping um, and then making their own assumptions on whether they would have done that or not. But she has abstained from sex for six years. She broke up with her husband of her two daughters and she said, I'm actually not interested in that anymore. Now, that doesn't mean she doesn't self-service, but what she said was, I don't need that in my life. What I'm trying to focus on is myself and I'm trying to focus on my daughters. That is my priority to get that right. And I thought to myself, there's many women out there that love sex. That's that's absolutely fine. They're they're allowed to, to want that need. But there's also many women out there that once they leave a marriage, find it refreshing to not have to do that because their body's changing, their hormones levels are changing. The libido's not there. The libido's not there. And the pressure's not there. Correct. So I think it was quite inspiring. Look it up. Drew Barrymore, something about um, not like not wanting sex or something like that. And they could not believe, especially men, mm-hmm. that she had not had sex for six years and and even more so that she didn't want it. She was like, it's actually not a priority for me. Yeah. And that should be okay. Mm-hmm. I'm actually not embarrassed to say. So, Well, she's probably had a lifetime and over again worth of relationships. That's actually what she said. Because she was so young when she began. That's so exactly what she said. I can imagine just Party going, young. done, done with this. Good on you, Drew. Yeah. And also good on you single ladies for, 
getting out there and giving that a crack because yes. uh, clearly it's petrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I th- I'd imagine you have to weed through the same amount of bullshit that we did when any of us were single because, you know, there's there's plenty of people that you have to not necessarily go through but meet and think Look, you're not compatible with me to find someone that is compatible. To get closer to a yes. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, last one. How do you unwind? What did I do yesterday? I, I gardened. I sang. I hadn't sung for quite some time. You're reminded how little you actually devote time to yourself, actually, when you get time to yourself. I'll go op shopping. I'll make sure I catch up with a friend for a wine. I'll eat takeaway and make it last for like two nights. So I do love cooking, but I'm less likely to do that for myself. Definitely when the children aren't here, I um, make space for organising my house and doing all my meal preps and cooking so that when they're here, I'm not kind of running around. So that balance is really nice to be able to have yourself sorted out. When I don't have my children, my friends and I do Sunday fun day and we'll check out some wineries and um, it's nice to connect with your friends in that way, especially um, building friendships with other people that have um, separated families and are, uh, you know, kid-free on the weekend. It's nice to catch up in the adult environment. I have got a really strong um, skin routine. So I love looking after myself. I love feeling um, good about myself. So I, I have a Sunday night bath in Epsom and magnesium salt. I make sure I eat well and I exercise. I love playing netball. My kids love coming out and watching me play netball. Um, I run as often as I can. Um, I feel like running really clears my head. I try and read books. I'm not a person who is good at sitting down and relaxing or watching TV through the day or sleeping in. I'm a 6.30 in the morning, get up girl. I just try not to focus on things that are hard, keep going one foot in front of the other. And and I know that I will get through it because I have the faith and belief in myself. It took me a long time to get used to her being away. I both miss her a lot and have been able to learn to value the opportunities it provides. My downtime is a walk along the beach with no plans or schedules and I love catching up with friends and family. My self-care is cleaning my house, doing the washing and being organised for the week and I have my non-negotiables in life that I've learnt that keep me healthy and filled with peace. I love alone time when my son is at his dad's on drop-off days. I drop him off. I call into the supermarket on the way home and I get the biggest bag of Maltesers, the double dipped kind. I come home and I select something awesome to watch on Netflix. I order Uber Eats and then I just relish in the fact that no one is bothering me. No one is commentating and no one is asking me for snacks. And that's probably my biggest like what most of my boring downtime looks like. You know, I love my son more than anything, but (laughs) being asked a million questions and having a a running commentary all the time, you know, it's a lot when you've got a lot on your mental, on your mental load. So yeah, I would have to say that that's probably my biggest. Just a side note before we continue and reflect on those answers. Chanel just got very annoyed about my cat meowing at the door. (laughs) And I let the cat in and she goes, oh, as long as it doesn't ding its bell, we'll be fine. And then I'm 
like, oh, fine. I can't guarantee Chanel. Can I say something about not cats? Sing its bell. I'm sorry. You you laugh at me. Usually, I just sit there and play devil's advocate on things. But I'm going to be completely one sided here. I'm sorry to the cat lovers, but cats just do their own thing. So there she was doing whatever she was doing before, <laughs> came to the door and demanded to be let in. Yes. And she was going to ding her bell and that was going to be on our <laughs> podcast. And I thought, you know what, Cuddles, we no, no not, not welcome on the Single Mums episode. She's <laughs> Chanel's not having a great time of it, a little bit ill. And the face is just like, oh, fuck that cat. <laughs> just was like, Cuddles, you need to get out of here. Usually you're so nice. Not so nice today. Not so okay. nice. <laughs> not nice, Shani. Shani, not nice. <laughs> nothing of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, listening to what some of the mums said about unwinding in the downtime, mm. you know, they all had very different answers for that one. You know, some mums, it's quite enlightening to know, there are some mums that don't get that week off or those days off. Yeah. They are full-time every day yes. with their child. Mm-hmm. Whereas some mums might have a couple of days or a week off and then they can uh, get used to finding something that they need to do for themselves, like a beach walk or a, yeah. go out with some friends who are also single or whatever it is, just to just to chill out. But, yeah, to find that time would be hard if you're a full-time single mum. I think for me some of the things that, the mums were saying, were the things that I do anyway. Long hot showers. I yeah. like having a bath. I love yeah. chucking the magnesium in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> love doing my <laughs> fitness stuff if I can, you know, when I can, when when you're available to do it. But there's nothing more important, I think, than getting it right for you first and nourishing you, however that looks. Some people hate showers. Tamara would rather not shower for a month, whereas I will have six in a day. Okay, that's a bit exaggerated. <laughs> Okay. You're right. I don't have six showers a day. Ah, you dirty dog. Or am I the dirty dog? Anyway, <laughs> that is not true. I am just I just have skin left, whereas Chanel barely does because she yeah, scrubs the I'm hell out of it. translucent. I want to take a leaf out of Chloe's book and just like have a really awesome skincare routine. I was like, I felt guilty as soon as she said that. I went, I don't have a great skin. <laughs> I don't have a run, 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 I have run. one, but it's not necessarily like amazing. Like, and it's a bar of soap. That's <laughs> all it is. <laughs> oh, that's so, funny. yeah. I mean, everyone needs to unwind, don't we? We all do. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're single together or whatever it is. Exactly. You need the me time. Yes. Um, and it's just about finding it when you can, if you can. So thank you to those wonderful mums who let us delve into their psyches, all about their thoughts on being single and Mm -hmm. what it's really like. Yep, good, bad and otherwise. Same as it is in a relationship, good, bad and otherwise. And I like what Chloe said about choosing your hard. Is it harder Mm. to stay in a marriage where you feel pressured to have sex, where you feel misunderstood, where you're arguing with your partner? Or is it harder being a single mum, being the person that wears all the emotional responsibilities, has to do a lot more, has um, heavy financial pressures, all those sorts of things? Yeah. You choose your hard because both are hard. Just at choose some your point. happy as well, right? Choose which, your happy. Yeah, it's the other flip side which of it. Is, both. Which is great. But extremely grateful to those mums for sharing their thoughts with us because you almost, well, you couldn't possibly know what it's like unless you walked a mile in their shoes. Exactly. And we have always wanted to do an episode uh, about single mums 
and what it is like, but we're clearly not the mouthpiece to do that. So yeah, again, awesome that we had some mums to be able to shed some light on what it's like to be a single mum. And also, just while we've got you here, we've added two shows to um, the one that we've just recently done in Adelaide. We are going to Mount Gambia and Goolwa to party with the mums down there. Yeah, we're starting a bit of a tour, aren't we? Who knows what that road trip will be like with you, Chanel? Well, who knows? Sorry. If I need to put, do I, am, I, am I saying sorry for myself already? My idiosyncrasies, are we sharing a bed? What are we doing? I'm I just wondering. We'll find out. We don't know yet. It's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll tell everyone all about it once it happens. Oh, have you booked us a hotel? No, you're sleeping in your car. Great. That's okay. I don't mind roughing it a little bit with you. <laughs> You're small, so you can just, like, sleep in the glove compartment. Excellent. <laughs> Happy to do so. But we are looking to um, tack on lots more shows in 2023, so um, keep an eye out when we're coming to your hometown. And check out where you can buy tickets and all those sorts of things online on our Instagram account or on Facebook. Motherhood, A Beautiful Nightmare is produced by Soundball Productions and hosted by Chanel Franklin and Tamara Linky. We would love to hear from you, so please email us on motherhoodabeautifulnightmare at gmail.com or just for kicks, check out our website at motherhoodabeautifulnightmare.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode of Motherhood, A Beautiful Nightmare and can find two minutes in between managing those little nutters, we'd be so grateful if you could rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Hey, word on the street is it helps people find us. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.